Welcome to Dig It. This is Edge with my co-host, Corey Lynn of Corey's Digs. How are you doing today, Corey? Very sleepy. Very sleepy. It's been a Wake long up. week. How about you? <laughs> doing okay. Scrambling. We just started um, back up in th with the kids in school this week. We're also in the process of moving. So, uh, yeah, it's kind of crazy <laughs> in my in my house right now. Uh, but, you know, I think I, I think I got my stuff ready to go for today to talk about. So, and we do have a lot of stuff to talk about. So I don't. I'm totally unprepared. Edge is going to carry me through this whole podcast. <laughs> well, part of what we're going to talk about today is what you've been working on, which is why you feel unprepared today, because you've been just really pouring yourself into this entirely new part um, of Corey'sDigs.com, this collaboration that you're going to tell us all about. And it's really like an exciting new sort of venture that you're going on. And uh, so interested to hear more about that. Um, also, my latest report that I uh, posted on Corey'sDigs.com all about biometrics. And of course, that feeds into their digital ID agenda. So um, talking all about that, we're going to talk about the Inflation Reduction Act, which is just an absolute oxymoron. And we're going to get into the details of that, the implications of it, and uh, the likelihood of this just monstrous bill passing. And then we're going to have to talk about a couple of big important issues that happened this week, which are the primary elections, as well as crazy Nancy's visit to Taiwan and what that all means. So and I can't wait to hear all the updates from you because I'm completely out of the loop on all of that right now. Yeah, yeah. Lots going on this week. So let's talk first ab about what you've been up to and why you've been so busy lately. Yeah. So this is something I've been working on. I'm super excited. Uh, the Solution Series. And we just kind of launched a little intro on it. So, so James White and I have been talking for a year now about wanting to do a series together. And I said, the only way I'm going to add another thing to my plate is if it's all about solutions. Like I want to get people on that, you know, are problem solvers and troubleshooters and some people who have never even gone on shows before that people don't even know. I don't, I just want people with skills, you know, in various areas that can help people and teach them the how to's, whether it's mental health or phys physical, uh, mental state of mind, rather, uh, preparedness, uh, physical preparedness, just, um, because I feel like, well, for one, I'm, I'm one of the ones that is always digging into all the dark stuff. Like we're constantly putting all the problems out there and I don't think there's enough solutions and, and it's fine and good to talk about, you need to build a community, but how, you know, um, or you need to grow food, but how, and I realized there's, there's a lot of videos out there when it comes to like the food stuff, but, uh, I wanted to just get some really good, innovative thinkers, doers that can kind of give people better instruction and, um, and then I also have built like a really lengthy resource document that's in there as well. So we're going to be running, uh, two episodes a month and, um, 
we teamed up with uh, the Solari team because Catherine, <laughs> at the same time, they were asking me about doing a series. And I said, the only way I'm doing a series is if it's solutions. You know, I said, I've actually been talking about this with James for a while. And so we kind of worked it all out to where it'll be available exclusively on Solari.com and Corey'sDicks.com. And um, so I'm just, I'm super excited because this is, this is fun for me. This is going to be fun edge instead of like digging into the dark stuff. I'm like researching and finding unique individuals that I think um, are bringing good inform helpful information for people. So I get to learn as I go too. And instead of me doing all the work and figuring stuff out, I get to ask the questions. So I'm excited. Very so exciting. Yeah. So we just did, uh, it's just a little nine minute video. We'll play at the end of, um, Catherine and James and I just kind of talking about the series. And then, so Saturday we'll have like a little short, just like a short teaser on the episode that comes out on next Thursday. So it'll be like two, two episodes a month that'll come out on Thursdays. And, um, so people, if, can either subscribe over at Solari or on my site, but the first episode's completely free to everyone. Um, and it's a really good one. So I highly recommend checking that out. Awesome. I can't wait. This is so fantastic. I'm really glad that you guys are doing this. I mean, what a powerhouse for all of you to be working together on this and, um, to come forward with some solutions because in a world with a million problems, right. Uh, we need some solutions. So, Looking forward to that and definitely stay tuned um, on this podcast. We'll play the uh, video kind of um, talking all about this new solutions series at the end. So good job. Yeah. And I also just wanted to mention, um, in addition to that, I've been working on several other things <laughs> and one of them, my, well, so my cat is literally laying on my notes right now, curled around my microphone and he's asleep. <clears throat> so I can't see my notes, but uh, there's one really important dig I've been working on in between all of this. And I don't know exactly when I'll have it done. It's probably going to end up being, being in two parts, if not more. Um, I promised myself I wasn't going to do any more really, really in-depth digs, but gosh, darn it. <laughs> really important. It's, it's, uh, it's, it covers the wannabe rulers in a way, in a whole different light that I don't think is really being uh, talked about. And it, and it puts things in a whole other perspective where I think there's a chance to poke some holes in them. You know, I think this might, this could very well weaken them a bit if we get this to go really, really viral. And, uh, I'm actually working with, uh, well, so I'm I'm working on this end of it, but there's a whole other end to it that uh, Catherine's actually been working on as well. And um, I feel like with all of it put together, it it paints quite a picture, and this could be pretty damning for the wannabe rulers. So, so that's something I'm really excited about trying to <laughs> get through and get done. That'll be coming in the next couple of weeks as well. So busy, awesome. busy. Yeah, looking forward to that as well because I in the the background uh, before recording, yes, you've we've, we've had conversations about it, and you've definitely piqued my interest. So looking forward to hear 
uh, more about that in your upcoming reports. So yeah. And then you just did this awesome thorough biometrics report. Um, holy cow. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Tell, me, tell people about this. You got, I, I love the first statistic you have in there. Good grief. Yeah. About China and the U.S. Yeah, it's pretty staggering. Um, well, when I first started digging into it, I was actually just focusing on schools because I knew that with the um, shooting in Uvalde, there's been a sort of push for more biometrics in schools, and it really raised a red flag for me. But then we expanded that to just really biometrics all around us, and it's pretty staggering when you take the full scope of it. And I think that's kind of the intention behind this report. Some of this mm-hmm. stuff people may be aware of and others they may not be aware of. So it's important that you check this out and see where they're collecting this biometric information from you. But it really is all around you. And yes, I was just shocked to learn that while China has the most surveillance cameras overall, Mm-hmm. The United States actually has the largest number of surveillance cameras per person than any other country in the world. Yeah, kind of tells you where we're at. Um, yeah. But there's tons of facts and tidbits like that um, on where you can find the this biometric data collection happening everywhere around you, whether it is on your body. Uh, with regards to, say, smartwatches and wearables, even ingestibles, um, which I, I know that some people may be aware of um, that, you know, uh, the Pfizer CEO was referring to this pill that can, uh, you know, track if you've actually taken it, like sending that information to authorities. Yeah, to that's sure. insane. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. But, you know, with wearables, China's already forcing people to wear these devices that track everything from your health information to um, your location and even scraping data off your phone. Um, So, you know, this technology, um, if you're wearing it voluntarily, you need to be aware of the kind of information that you're really just kind of handing over because it does go to third parties. Oh, Um, yeah. We've covered uh, on, on my site, there's tons of articles and lists of all these different products that are doing this. Yeah. And then from your phone, I mean, the the phones are really just the the biggest culprits because not only did the the phones themselves with, you know, the iPhone and um, Samsung products, but with all of the apps that collect this sort of information. It's it's pretty wild to think, you know, if you like go back 50 years and think (laughs) the future, in the future, the biggest weapon is going to be this thing called a smartphone, but it really is. It's becoming their biggest weapon. Right, right. And then in your home with all of the, you know, products that are, you know, Internet of Things products, um, Amazon's Echo or Ring, um, even freaking drones that you can have, you know, surveilling your house. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. where does all that data go? But yeah. And then we have, you know, do you remember this when the IRS was trying to get people to sign up to ID me? Oh, yeah. And that got shot down. I mean, so even, you know, federal agencies are trying to get biometrics incorporated in uh, to their systems and get people signed up um, unwittingly, um, you know, signing up for basically giving up their facial prints or their fingerprints and all of this. And where does all of this information go? How secure is all this information? 
And how is this going to be used and weaponized against us in the future um, right. to, to create this total surveillance state? There's a, um, right now what they're doing is, so like an infant DNA, um, I can't, I don't think you covered this in there. There's uh, two little articles that I had found, like recent ones. And so what they're doing is, I could have sent you these links, I suppose. Uh, so in the US, the infant DNA samples are starting to be used in crime investigations. So, <laughs> yeah. So, so you know, when the baby's born, they they prick the child's uh, heel and they get the little blood sample. And then in, uh, let's see. So last month in the state of Michigan, agreed to destroy 3 million stored dry blood samples taken from infants according to public radio news publisher WKAR based in Michigan state university. Um, because what's happening is so the state, the state is involved in a lawsuit that touches on biometric privacy and consent. And they're saying that infant blood samples in Detroit are often stored for later use by scientists. And then in New Jersey, the state police last year used a subpoena to take a stored sample for use in a 1996 rape case. So, you know, where this is what's so frustrating is in a in a just world, in a in a good world, <laughs> you could see how something like this could be advantageous. Right. But unfortunately, with how things are structured, it's really uh very concerning yeah definitely so, i mean we've seen how the fbi has been weaponized against the american people and um when you have these massive databases of biometric information even if they're supposed to be used for law enforcement purposes to track down criminals well you have mm -hmm. this rogue regime who's turning against the american people and considering uh really political dissidents to be on their you know target list Right. So you can mm -hmm. see how that that big data collection uh, can be weaponized against us. And uh, especially when you take a look at how this is happening in the schools, you know, they they're using this crisis of these school shootings, Uvalde school shooting in particular recently um, to push their agenda. Um, right. with regards to biometrics in schools. And I mean, this is talking about collecting this sort of data on children and um, not protecting their privacy. So it's not just surveillance cameras, but it's also like facial recognition. And in some cases, it's fingerprint authentication and things like that. And mm -hmm. um, they're using it all for this. Um, they're selling it to the public as, oh, it's very, um, for safety. Know, it's for your safety. Yep. Um, that's always how they're going to sell it to the public. It's either for your safety or for your convenience. So in the school systems um, in America, there are several school systems who actually already have, you know, facial recognition type of security systems in 
the um, the school in the schools. Um, but in the UK, it's much more advanced. I mean, they're using it even for uh, the purposes of paying for kids meals, um, you know, just digitally paying for the kids meals. Right. Using biometrics, they're also using it for everything from, you know, gauging moods and behaviors. Yeah, I was just going to say they're definitely studying behaviors with it. You can bet on that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's very much like the Chinese system. I mean, I have a video in here um, as far as what they're doing with the Chinese children. And I mean, literally robots watching them 24-7, gauging everything from their attention span to their behaviors and can you imagine having to go through life constantly walking on eggshells being conscious of every move you make and every word that comes out of your mouth and having no privacy right Ugh. right um and then it's happening you know it's it, it's happening in the workplace as well um whether it's logging into your computer entering a door um using a shared device like a printer i mean they're using biometrics everywhere and there's very little as far as you know federal protections for privacy um mm-hmm. the strongest protection is out of illinois they have a um a privacy act um that is the strongest that allows people to sue and there have been many lawsuits over these types of violations through the illinois um the illinois law yeah um, which is stunning that that's in in illinois i remember i remember going through that when i was doing the vaccine book yeah uh, yeah yeah and, yeah, and- there, there's really only a few. It's like it's like Illinois, Texas, and I believe Washington are the three states that specifically address um, biometrics. And then there are a couple of acts out, one in California, one in New York, that somewhat address it, but just not as strongly. And so um, that's really a, a kind of a patchwork across the country. Nothing, you know, federally across the country protecting people from this kind of major data collection, especially with the advancements that are happening and the rapidness of how this is um, developing. But now um, you said there were like 200 pieces of legislation that have been introduced just this year, right? Yeah, addressing all different types of data privacy and that sort of thing, but not necessarily all of them being with regards to uh, biometrics. Biometric. Right. But, and, and, but how many and, how many of them are, are to protect us versus to expose us? Right, exactly. And then <laughs> how many of them are actually going to pass? Introduced doesn't mean anything, really. It just means that someone brought it up. It doesn't mean it's going to pass. Yeah, you know? this this needs to be on a state level. States need to get on this very quickly and, and shut this down and get some laws in place because it's only going to get worse. I, I've been poking around in, in there. Um, I'm constantly keeping tabs on different industries and what's going on. And man, they are moving fast on their whole smart city infrastructure. Yeah. And when we have our politicians beholden to big tech, I mean, they just really are bought out by big tech. So, um, you know, the politicians are compromised. They're more willing to take the money from big tech and, you know, to promote their uh, next elections uh, Mm. more so than than um, protect the people than the voters. So um, but biometrics are happening everywhere, especially in banks and in stores and in healthcare um, too. And uh, so people just need to be aware of what's going on with their banks this the 
the stores they're going into, uh, whether it's, you know, a Whole Foods or, um, and then also the clinics and hospitals that they're going into. But really where they're getting people is with travel. And yeah. uh, we're seeing some major, major movements in this whole digital ID and biometric scanners in airports with TSA. They're doing um, a phased rollout of digital ID using scanning devices. So they're basically in this pilot program that they're planning to fully implement very soon. And, uh, and in the UK, the same thing same thing that they're already um they have plans to deploy this fully for all immigrants and british citizens by 2025 but they're already rolling it out like meaning tampa international airport they're collecting biometric screening for international flights by 2024 u.s customs is going to require biometric scanners for all international flights and like I said, TSA is doing already this year a phased rollout of digital ID and scanning devices. Um, so they're pushing the digital ID um, agenda very heavily through travel um, and immigration. Yeah. And then identify, if I'm even saying that right, uh, they just launched a WordPress plugin for biometric security, which is insured by Lloyd's. Isn't that an interesting little connection there. So they're designing this plugin to enable integration of digital ID verification with selfie biometrics within WordPress sites. So I can already imagine where that's headed. Yeah, it's really just everywhere. When you read this report, I tried to give kind of a full scope of they're coming at us in every direction and um, not to make people feel overwhelmed or feel like, look, I, there's nothing I can do. There are plenty of things that we can do and we actually have to resist this because it's like we're sleepwalking into this surveillance system. It's a surveillance prison that we're actually creating. Right. And uh, if we can avoid these sort of... Um, intrusions into our privacy at every level, whether it's in our homes, on the things that we're wearing, on our phones, uh, when we travel everywhere, then um, th this is just non-compliance is the way out of this. And people right. just need to actually first be aware of where this is happening. Right, right. So, so they're always going to continue to move forward with their, you know, their street surveillance. Um, but Within the home, if you don't want to build your own prison within your home, then all the devices and the tech that they're running this through needs to go. So, you know, and it's it's a matter of willing to let go of some of that stuff. And I know some of it's hard, difficult for people, you know, they don't want to give up their smartphone, uh, especially if they're running all the time or they've got businesses and they need to stay in touch with people. But it's it's like a give and take at least take take like the top ones make a list of all of them and take the top ones you can get rid of and start getting rid of them and and uh yeah and then we need to get on top of our legislators to start creating some privacy laws because this is getting out of control 100 percent, absolutely all right so moving on to this monstrous inflation <laughs> uh, reduction act yeah i'm anxious happening. to hear about this one 
tell me I don't tell me I'm not have to gonna have to do another breakdown like I did on the infrastructure bill. I don't know if I have it in me. <laughs> well, this is actually kind of like an extension of the build back better, build back broke bill. Yeah. So um yeah, this is really just an extension of that. And I, I don't think this is getting enough enough awareness, uh public awareness, because we are actually have our hands so full. Uh, with primaries and with, you know, our rights being taken away at every turn. Uh, I don't know how much people have paid attention to this Inflation Reduction Act, but it's a nightmare. So um, we have basically the the misery index, which is just a composition of basically the unemployment level and inflation. The in misery index is above the 2007 to 2009 recession. And uh, that's where we're really at. That's the reality of things. And um, this is while Brian Deese, you know, the White House economic advisor, that's a former BlackRock executive. He said that there's, you know, nothing to worry about. At least we're not experiencing famine like other countries. Like that's literally what he said. <laughs> and we had the uh, the San Francisco Fed president saying, basically, I'm fine. I don't feel any pain of inflation. I have enough. So, and so does so most Americans or many Americans, something to that effect. I mean, this is how insensitive they are to how inflation is hitting us. And um, so we're mm. getting, you know, we're, we have these people living in, you know, their ivory towers, um, just complete idiots imposing this type of inflation on us. And so what are they going to do? Well, you know, the economy is abysmal, no matter how much you, you, they spin it um, and try to redefine recession. Everybody knows it. It's the number one issue on voters' minds. So the Dems are trying to sell their tax and spend bill as this way to fight inflation. And mm -hmm. as we know, everything they say is really just the opposite of what they do. The bill is just another reckless spending nightmare and uh, so their so-called Inflation Reduction Act is really a climate hoax, hoax spending bill of about $433 billion. Uh -huh. And they're proposing to pay for this by imposing a 15% minimum tax on corporations. And uh -huh. uh, that ends up with businesses basically passing that tax on to uh, consumers and by raising their prices. And so it's essentially going to raise inflation further for right. the people who are hit the hardest. And so, um, you know, here's Biden saying, you know, when we pass the Inflation Reduction Act, not a single American in the middle class will pay higher taxes. It's that simple. Total lie. Total absolute mm -hmm. lie. Um, and he's getting um, reamed by it. Everybody knows that he's not telling the truth. Here is a um, Joint Committee of Taxation breaking it down, showing how even the people who make less than $10,000 are going to see a 3.1% um, tax hike. Uh, people from twenty dollars to $30,000 income bracket um, are going to have an, a tax hike of 1.1%, and that's a equal to the same kind of tax height that people between a hundred and two hundred thousand dollar income a year 
uh, would be seeing. So um, everybody is going to get hit with this tax hike. It's a total lie to say that it's only for people making $400,000 or above. Ridiculous. Um, but not only on will people be taxed more for this ridiculous spending bill, but also they're going to be hit by these corporations who are taxed more because they're just going to pass that right. on to consumers with all the products that we're buying. So, so the real question is, is how do people get out of I'm, i've never looked into it i'm sure they made it an ironclad law at some point you know people ask me all the time because businesses withhold taxes unless you have your own business uh so the businesses withhold taxes how do people get out of their businesses doing that because right now everyone is literally funding the mafia to build this prison and it needs to stop because it's all illegal in the first place yeah, um, I couldn't agree more. I mean, the, the, these major corporations, I mean, I'm sure there's tons of, of tax loopholes and offshore accounts and ways that you can, um, you know, shield yourself from having to pay high taxes and whatnot. Um, but we know that um, that's not, that's how they're selling it to mm -hmm. the public. And um, here's how they propose to, pay for the 433 billion you know they're going to do the 15 percent corporate tax minimum right which again as i just explained it's just going to pass that um higher cost onto us for the products that we buy right but they're also going to sick the irs after people and they say it's going to the irs is going to be this enforcement arm and they're going to go after these evil corporations but we know how the irs has been weaponized in the past against us right we have proof oh, of yeah. that we oh, have yeah. like hearings on that of the irs targeting a certain group of people and those were conservatives and so we know that they're going to start sticking the irs on people and i don't think it's just going to be their buddies the big corporations no 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 i don't think that's the case no and the wannabe rulers many of them are completely tax exempt to begin with so right right and so um that is what what they're planning on doing but the vast majority of this spending bill um it is going towards no, not reducing the cost of fuel. No, no, it's the opposite. They're going to be throwing $369 billion down the drain into and into the pockets of these, you know, more green energy scams, which we've mm -hmm. seen in the past, right? Plus another uh, $64 billion to spend on the expansion of Obama's failed attempt to create universal health care uh, called Affordable <laughs> Care Act or Obamacare. <laughs> I would love to see the breakdown of their energy security and climate change. Yeah. 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 So um, that's going to reduce a whole heck of a lot, isn't it? Yeah. So this, um, the Senate is expected to vote on this uh, monstrosity this week through the budget reconciliation process. And the thing about the budget reconciliation process is that it allows them to avoid a filibuster, meaning they can pass it without any Republican support at all. Only Democrat support, plus Kamala as the tiebreaker. Really? Yeah. Manchin's already on board with Great. this piece of crap. Cinema is stalling. She wants some changes to the corporate taxes, and she wants a $5 billion um, 
$5 billion in spending to secure Arizona's water supply. But I think she will probably ultimately eventually get on board. So ultimately, I think this extension to their build back broke plan will pass in the Senate and the House. Great. Fantastic. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to look through this then. Yeah, it's a mess. It's a mess. Mm -hmm. All right. So moving on to some good news. Um, We had the primaries this week and really it was a referendum because, you know, on the GOP side. So we had the primaries in Arizona, Kansas, Michigan, Missouri, Washington. I'm just going to highlight a couple of those areas. Uh, But really it was a, a mandate for MAGA, for um, um, taking our country back and against these rhinos, these fake Republicans that sell us out every time. So, um, and a way to to look at it is by the Trump endorsements that won. I mean, it was pretty much like practically a clean sweep. And so like in Arizona, for example, we had Carrie Lake, uh, Blake Masters winning a Senate seat, uh, winning the the primaries for the Senate seat to replace Mark Kelly. We had Mark Fincham uh, winning uh, the primaries to go up against um, and replace uh, Katie Hobbs as Secretary of State. We have Abe Hamada um, to replace um, Bernovich as a Attorney General in Arizona. Uh, Paul Gosar, Andy Biggs, Wendy Rogers, they all won. These are all Trump-endorsed candidates. And so um, I'm going to get into more about Carrie Lake as well because they're dragging their feet on that one because that's a very, very important election. They are so incredibly threatened by Carrie Lake. But a couple other mentions over in Michigan – Uh, Tudor Dixon uh, won the GOP primary to face off against Gretchen Whitmer uh, to replace her as governor, which is fantastic. Mm. And John Gibbs, John Gibbs also uh, won his primary defeating Peter Meyer, who voted to impeach Trump. So, um, again, people um, in big numbers uh, turning out and replacing these rhino fake Republicans who sell us out every time. Nice. Yeah, really, really positive, positive um, stuff coming out of the uh, GOP primaries this week. But talking about Carrie Lake, I mean, there was um, a lot of shenanigans that went on with this election because, well, for starters, for starters, um, Carrie Lake's opponent for governor in the general election will be Katie Hobbs. Katie Hobbs is the current Secretary of State who totally is responsible for everything that happened in the 2020 election in Arizona and is totally responsible for the botched primary election that's happening now. Hmm. Okay, so talk about a complete conflict of interest. The, The current Secretary of State who's running the election is the one who's run going to be running against Carrie Lake in the uh, <laughs> November election. Yeah. Okay. Um, so in Pima County, when this whole, um, when the election day went down, where Carrie has strong support, they ran out of ballots and they were turning voters away. So oh, cool. this is, 
and who knows how many voters were turned away in Pima County, but this was a big area where Carrie Lake was supposed to be getting a lot of uh, votes. And so that they disenfranchised a large number of people by not having the number of ballots available at the polls. Surprise. Yeah. And then in Maricopa County, uh, well, also in Pima County, um, <laughs> I'm sorry, this was in Pinal County. Um, They sent out ballots to 63,000 people that didn't even, they were missing races on them, like missing people's names on them. (laughs) And so they're going to have to resend out 63,000 ballots to people who received the, you know, ballots that were incorrect. And this was happening in Pinal County. Oh boy. Meanwhile, in Maricopa County, they are dragging their feet and slow walking the county, the counting. So Maricopa County is basically like the the metropolitan area of Phoenix. Okay, huge, huge county. It basically carries the whole state. I mean, like it's really, really important. Yeah. And but it's also you know very metropolitan. So um, and that's a lot of where the corruption comes from too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um. Anyways, um, Carrie, I'm sorry. So they've been slow walking this, this, um, the counting on this in Maricopa County. Um, I think uh, Robeson was up on Wednesday night or Wednesday afternoon by about 3,000 um, in just Maricopa County. And then they did another dump and there was like about 5,000 votes that that shrunk that lead that Robeson had. And so Carrie's actually doing really well. Overall, Carrie has a lead of over 12,000 votes in the state. But hmm. on Wednesday night, so here's where you're at. Sorry. Um, uh, okay, so 303-860 uh, is the last count as of August 4th at 1026 a.m., um to Karen Robeson's 291-843. So we're still at about a 12,000 vote lead over the whole state. Carrie Lake l- winning this thing. And it's looking really good. But Wednesday night, um Laura Ingram decided to um report very misleading information to the public about um this race. Um, essentially misleading people to believe that Robin Robeson was ahead of Carrie Lake overall by 2000 votes. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. So very misleading, uh, you know, and it, this harkens back to um, the 2020 election oh, when yeah. Fox news, when Fox news called Arizona early to yep. try to throw things. And this is in response to what Laura Ingram said Carrie Lake actually responded saying it was totally intentional and that Laura Ingram has been friends with billionaire Karen Robeson for years. When you fly on Robeson's private jet and vacation at her Colorado ranch, you really should disclose this fact to your friends and viewers. Stop trying to influence elections. (laughs) So it's getting really sketchy with this Carrie Lake um, count um, she's doing very well. It it looks like she's winning. She really, you know, it, it is winning. Until Maricopa County comes in with but, their numbers on Thursday, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But Maricopa County slow walking this and some shady business. They're trying, it looks like some really shady business is happening. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Well, we expected that. That'll happen in every state. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So it's something to keep an eye on, but definitely some Patriots with uh, 2,000 mules, you know, Greg, um, gosh, from True the Vote. Uh, definitely looks like they have some sort of, like, ground effort to monitor what's going on on the ground in Arizona. And so if any shady business is happening in Arizona, you can Mm. guarantee it's going to get caught. And uh, so, yeah, I think that we have some good guys on the ground keeping an eye on things. So we'll have to see how this turns out. But um, huge wins all around for the good guys in the primaries. So this week. So that's positive. Nice. Um, so other big story from this week, <laughs> crazy Nancy, uh, came to Taiwan. And, uh, so this crazy as a bed bug, Nancy, who's known for her insider trading and selling out to China, all of a sudden is pretending to be a China hawk. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's believable. Yeah. And the drunk old hag is stumbling her way towards a war with, uh, you know, her Taiwan visit stunt. Yeah. <laughs> so um, the people of Taiwan did not seem too pleased, or at least a large portion of them protesting it, you know, calling her a warmonger, uh, ugly American. We don't need you. We need peace. Don't make trouble for us. Um, but... It, this is just so very weird because a lot of people on the Republican side were supporting Nancy's move to go to Taiwan as like, you know, show, being tough on China. I don't I don't really see it that way at all. <laughs> I think it's more about protecting her investments and destabilizing the whole world and bringing down America is really the, on the agenda for these. Crimes. Yeah, that seems about right. Yeah, so uh, in response... Yeah, in response to this, China is now conducting military live fire drills, missile tests all along, oh, along with um, flyovers for the next few days all around Taiwan. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this isn't this isn't good. And um, these drills are essentially setting up a blockade around Taiwan, which is dependent on imports and exports. So. We'll just have to kind of watch closely how this develops, but, um, you know, <sighs> it's not good. This is not good. Um, but we know that, that this is this is nothing to do with being tough on China. We know China owns Biden, and uh, this has everything to do with the destruction of America and destabilization around the world. I mean, these idiots in power are pushing us towards war with the intention of destroying America in the process. And of course, you know, Pelosi's visit to the country, that had nothing to do at all with Taiwan being the lead exporter on chips or Pelosi's investments and insider trading and the Chips Act. No, nothing at all, right? No, not at all. (laughs) (laughs) These people, I swear, they're just absolute idiots and criminals running running things so speaking of idiots and criminals oh yeah yeah biden uh, apparently signed an executive order something that's is never going to pass law here but you know they're trying to get around that through the state so 
signs an executive order to protect travel for abortion. And so he lays the groundwork for Medicaid to help women seeking abortions to travel between states to obtain access to the procedure, which we know is illegal. You can't get federal funding to pay for abortion. So instead what they're doing is they're, they're encouraging the states to apply for permission to use Medicaid funds to provide reproductive health care to women who live in states where abortion is banned. And so the National Abortion Federation said on Wednesday this week that it's seen more women asking for help traveling to get the procedure in the month after the, you know, Roe versus Wade decision. The organization paid for 76 hotel rooms and booked 52 bus or plane trips up from only a handful in the same time period as last year. So we'll see how far this this gets. Um, Isn't this an absolute it, violation it, of the Hatch Act using yeah, federal funding to pay for abortions? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, this is this is going to get interesting. Yeah, so um, I imagine that this is going to go to court because this, uh, you know, like this lawless regime is, they just passed executive orders like they're freaking, you know, writing, a, you know, little note just, oh, yeah, this, we're just going to pass this an executive order, you know, like we're dictatorship here. Right. Uh, but it's absolutely in violation of the law. Um, mm-hmm. If they're using federal funding to pay for abortion or any expenses associated with abortions, which I imagine are travel and everything else. Oh, yeah. And, and he's trying to tell healthcare providers that they have to comply with federal non-discrimination laws and uh, streamline the collection of key data and information <clears throat> on maternal health at the National Institutes of Health, of course, and the CDC. And... Um, yeah, I just even if the states say they want to apply for permission to use the Medicaid funds, that's the no. I, I just I don't see this flying, but we'll see. Yeah, I imagine that's gonna definitely end up in the courts. Yeah. <laughs> but that's how they roll. Yeah, yeah. You know, they they mm-hmm. do whatever the hell they want and they hope that, you know, if it gets to court at that point, they can just they can beat it. Right, because they've corrupted the court systems by installing yep. activists at every level. Yeah, like the switch up they just did with uh, the judge for Pelosi's husband. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. The Pelosi's. Oh, yeah. So, so were we going to roll the promo or do we want to just link the promo on the uh, solution series? I did post it on... Uh, it's up on YouTube at the moment, and I don't think they'll take it down since it's just, you know, about solutions, but. Yeah, I'll just go ahead and attach it at the end and okay. uh, roll that promo after we close out. So, awesome. Uh, yeah, I think that about wraps it up. Please stay tuned because we're going to roll this um, clip on Corey's solutions series but be sure to share this podcast we are on bitshoot foxhole gab tv iheart radio odyssey pilled rumble soundcloud spotify stitcher tune in and youtube and we'll see you back next time right here on dig it hi this is james white and i'm here today with Catherine austin fitz and Corey lynn 
And we are delighted to bring you a series that we've been working on called the Solution Series. And uh, the we're here today to tell you about that series. And I'm sure the listeners want to hear what you ladies have to say. Catherine, we'll go to you first. Tell us about the Solution Series. Well, the Solution Series, you know, we're always talking about what's going wrong in the Solaria Report. And so we wanted to offer more solutions. People want to know, what can I do? We have a take action crowdfund in all of our wrap-ups. Each section about the news has a, you know, here are the actions you can take. But one of the things I discovered uh, about a year or two ago, the best person I know on the planet on solutions is Corey Lynn. <laughs> and, you know, I Corey's agree. website oh. says Corey digs. And Corey really digs in. She, she did a piece for us called Loosen Technology's Grip on, on Your Mind. And she just dug down. And then she, you know, together we did a piece on vaccine passports. And she just dug down. And I think, Corey, you've got a picture of a dog digging down, you know, on your website. And she does. She digs to the other side of the earth to get, you know, to get to the heart of the matter and to find out what we can do. So she's so passionate about helping helping people come to their power as one of the things I love about her and her work. And so Corey said, I want to do a solution series. And I said at the top of my lungs, yes, yes, <laughs> yes. So that's why we're doing it. We're doing it because Corey is willing to do it. And because uh, this is hard, hard work. And as you know, James, I know you know this better than anyone. She's willing to do the hard work. She is willing to do the hard work and she gets out there into people's faces and she, you know, she has an affection for reality and, and helping us cope with it. So, so this was really inspired by her passion for helping people. Well, she's the hardest, hardest working researcher on the internet. And I say that often to people that I talk to, there's no denying that I ever send people to her site. Right. So you want to get right. the real truth, go there. Right. And this hurts because I thought I was the hardest working researcher. Oh, stop. I said, no, yeah. no. I'm, I I'm said, a... no, Corey is tougher. No, Corey I'm. A, tougher. if you guys could see me, I'm over here blushing right now. But thank you. <laughs> thank, thank you both. No, I have the utmost most respect for both of you. James, James works his tail off. He's been wanting to work on a series with me for a long time. And I said, only if we can do solutions because yeah. I've spent so much time digging and uh, you know, I set out to do this to because I don't like people being manipulated and taken advantage right. of. And I right. wanted to just arm people with the knowledge they needed to understand the bigger picture. And, and not even from a political standpoint, but from an agendas against humanity overall. I just want all of humanity to see the bigger picture of what's going on and then how we can navigate it and how we can combat it. And... Um, no, I wouldn't even compare my work to the to the Solari report, Catherine. My gosh, so, you've, been at, you've been at this for decades. <laughs> so I have, and I I've got the gray hairs to show it. That what I will say though is there are solutions. I think the the ugliest op on the planet. It's what John Rappaport said. He said, he said hopelessness is an op, and it's planet wide. The reality is there are solutions, and there are thousands of things we can do and we can do it in a way which is good for us and our family you know the more people who say i'm going to live a free and inspired life and and find the path you know the the less the parasite can steal and harvest us so there are solutions but you have to crack through that force field that says it's hopeless and you have to believe that millions of people taking actions each in their daily lives 
can snowball and make an enormous difference. And it can. Absolutely. And I think, you know, one of the things James and I, James has interviewed so many people and gotten to meet so many people from all different walks of life and different trades. And I said, you know, we really, we just, I want to find people that people don't even know yet. You know, people that have these skills that are problem solvers and troubleshooters that have walked the path that can teach people the how to's and get into the nitty gritty of it. And and whether that's mental preparedness or actual physical preparedness, all of it, I think is really important right now. Um, Everything seems to be moving faster and faster by the week. So we really just want to get some solutions into people's hands and uh, I'm also building a resource page. So there'll be a lot of links, um, like a resource catalog as well. So I think that'll be really helpful. And, uh, how about you, James? Well, I'm looking forward to the fact that, you know, on, on my daily show, when I have a guest on usually the last five or six minutes, I talk about solutions. Cause I like to leave, you know, the show with some positives so that the people can take action, but this is sort of the whole show is going to be about the solution. So yeah. there will be another 55 minute front end. It'll just be <laughs> solutions, which is really, really what I'm excited about because, um, you know, I think we really realize what the problem is. There's, there's so many people out there talking about the problems. There's no shortage of, of those type of interviews and those type of videos, but the solutions are they're, they're, they're short in short supply. That's why I'm excited about getting involved in this. People are hungry for them. There's a, I don't know if you saw that meme with the little girl. You might have sent it to me, Corey. The little girl that somebody had written up on the on the wall. It's graffiti, the Great Reset, and she had crossed out Reset with chalk and written Resist, the Great Resist. Mm-hmm. And then underneath, there's a little character, sure, Schwab, and it says it's 2030. You own nobody, and you're unhappy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And and I think the Great Resist is on. And people understand the way we're going to resist is we reject the world you're planning. We're going to build the world we're planning. And and that's all part of the great resist. And the great resist is on. I just talked to somebody in Ireland who, you know, the banks tried to shut down all the ATMs in the rural areas. People went up in arms, started closing their accounts, and the banks had to roll it back. They, they huh. Yeah. And Excellent. what that tells me is... People are ready to act in their daily lives. They're willing to change to to bring about change. And so I think, you know, I think the response to what you two are doing is going to be unbelievably positive. You never know. And in your show, Joe, I mean, on your show, James, you know, solutions may end up with more than five minutes. Oh, yeah. Permanently. (laughs) Well, you know, and here's the thing that people, you know, planting one tomato plant is is resisting yeah. gathering one gallon of of a rainwater that's resisting you don't have right. to have a whole entire garden or a complex of, of you know fruit trees just do one one tomato plant that's right. some sort of resistance against, against the establishment did you agree yep yep absolutely absolutely so so people will be able to find the solution series it'll be exclusively on the solari.com and coreysdigs.com and so Catherine, with your your followers, all your subscribers will have access to it. And on my site, it will be a, a subscribe only section because I don't have a subscriber section on my site right now. So I'm really, really looking forward to this. And I, I just appreciate both of you so much for the opportunity to be able to do this and to be able to and do something say, fun and positive. 
the first one you two are doing, uh, which is a really good one, it's, you know, we love foodies, so it's a foodie one. Um, it's going to be public, right? Is that, are you going to give the audience a little treat of what's uh, of what's to come? Yep, absolutely. Yep. Okay. That's correct. It's great. It's a great show. We've already seen it. We know. <laughs> <laughs> well, folks, uh, we appreciate you listening in and uh, we're excited to, uh, to launch this solution series. And you can, again, find out more about it at Solari.com and Corey'sDigs.com. Uh, ladies, anything you'd like to say before we end the video? No, James, we're just, we're just really excited that you're helping. Uh, we really appreciate it. I'm delighted to be involved. 100%. Appreciate you both. And uh, folks, we'll see you on the Solution Series. Until then, for Catherine Austin Fitz and Corey Lynn, this is James White.